I am trying to empower you to learn about some of these mental barriers that are stopping you from your wealth. I want to expand your mind. I don't want you to skip over this. Some people may like, ah, why am I learning about conservatism bias and confirmation bias and heuristics? Why am I learning about that? Is because this is what's going to affect you psychologically. We tend to make decisions emotionally and justify them logically. So with that said, if we understand our emotions and how we approach a problem, we have a higher probability of making the decision that's in our best interest. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless on what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. Welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance, the host of Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things, and my mom's favorite Christian Financial Advisor. As always, make sure that you subscribe so you're notified every time that we release new episodes. And be sure to like and comment on this episode. It really helps the podcast so we can continue to make great episodes for you. Now, our minds can be our own worst enemy when it comes to making rational investment choices. It's sad to say, but as much as we like to think that we are rational investors, in most cases, we are not. But one thing is for certain, we are rationalizing most of the time. Now, if you understood that on the first listen, then bravo to you. If you didn't understand, but went back so you could, you might as well turn off this podcast because with that mindset, you are well on your way to success. And if you just kept letting it play, hoping that it would make sense later because you didn't feel like going back, then this episode is for you. So turn up your volume and tune in. But let me explain what I just did there. The first time that you heard what I said, you got the gist of it. We are not typically rational investors, but what you may have missed is when I said that most of the time we are rationalizing, meaning we are trying to make excuses for not doing the right things instead of doing them. The rational thing to do when you don't understand something is to go back and figure it out. But this would take too much energy. Thinking is hard. That is why I understand that my podcast is for those who are intellectual elites. And yes, I would include you in that group because even though you fell victim to the cognitive bias, you are still listening because you have a craving for learning. And even if you don't catch everything, you're hoping that you hear something that will change your life. And if you've listened before, you know that is a true statement. And here at the podcast, we want to give that to you. Now, we're going to break this rationalization thing down by talking about heuristics. Now, according to Wikipedia, heuristic is an approach to problem solving or self-discovery using calculated guesses derived from previous experiences. Heuristics are mental shortcuts that ease the cognitive load of making a decision. Now, I know I threw out a lot of buzzwords, a lot of vocabulary, but this is what we're here for. You hear you feel that tension? Do you feel that, ah, what did he just say? I want you to hold on to that. 
instead of going back and listening again, you rationalized in your mind that at some point I am going to clarify what I mean, just like I am doing with the word heuristic. You didn't have to understand what it was. You didn't even have to think about it. You just patiently waited for me to give you the definition and you are probably assuming I'm going to give you an example. And if you thought that, you're right, because I am going to give you an example, right? So at this moment, that feeling that you're feeling, you are using a heuristic. You are a loyal listener and you know how I love to break complex topics down into small, easy to digest concepts. See, in this case, the mental shortcut was used was helpful. But what happens when your mental shortcuts aren't correct? What happens when you're wrong? This is when you get the following cognitive bias. First, well, well, let me take a step back first. Let me explain what a cognition is. A cognition is a set of beliefs, values or attitudes about this world. And when our sets of beliefs, values and attitudes are challenged, by new information, we can develop what they call cognitive bias. This mental pain, and yes, it's a type of mental pain, occurs when the new information conflicts with pre-existing information. And the rationalizing we do with ourselves is to reduce this discomfort, trying to make the new information make sense. So for you, it was continuing to listen. It wasn't about going back and getting frustrated with all the vocabulary words and looking it up in a dictionary. It was about waiting for me to give you some new information that makes everything click. Now, dissonance is the inconsistency part of the mental discomfort in our actions or belief. And the only way to lower dissonance or mental discomfort is by changing our beliefs, our actions or perception of those actions. So in your case, when I threw out all those buzzwords like heuristics and cognitive bias and all those kind of things and rationalization, what you did, you didn't go back to go look it up. What you did is change your perception about those words. Ah, I don't think they're worth it. I don't need to listen to him because he's going to explain it down the way. You discounted the value of what I was giving because it was hard to digest. So I'm going to give you another example here. Let's say there is a dog owner whose dog is suspected of biting the neighbor's dog, right? We've kind of been in those type of situations or maybe seen them on the internet. Now, when approached with the accusation that they're sweet and lovable and would never hurt a fly dog, cognitive dissonance can settle in by either rationalizing that the dog never committed the act, that the bite wasn't a bite but a lick of affection, or that the other dog must have bit him first and it was in self-defense. All of these prior thoughts are forms of cognitive dissonance. It hurts the dog owner to think that their dog would do something so horrific. So to ease the mental discomfort of the thought, they change how they process the new information of seeing the neighbor's dog's leg still bleeding from the bite. So what does all this dog and rationalization and heuristics and mental discomfort have to do with investing well i'm going to break that down for you you have to understand when you make poor stock decisions and have to justify them we tend to rationalize the decisions based on 
circumstances outside of our control. We're afraid of the judgment. If we are unable to acknowledge our past mistakes without judgment and learn from them, we are doomed to make the same mistakes in the future. Here are a few examples of how cognitive dissonance can play a role with a Christian investor making decisions. One, they're holding on to poor performing assets. They have this idea that because when they first invested, they made some money with it and they want to hold on to it, even though reports are coming out against that belief. Two, investing more money in poor performing assets, trying to quote unquote fix it. Well, this is just a down market. Let's keep feeding it. Even though it's been down for the past five years, I still believe in the stock is going to come out. I know it. I know it. I know it. Three, spreading your denial to friends and family and creating a perceived right, quote unquote, group. Um, I've seen this in some communities here where 401ks are labeled as evil because they are under the assumption that you get taxed twice once when you get paid and once when you take it out which i don't understand that concept because 401ks are tax deferred meaning that money is taken out you're not taxed until a later date when you take it out and hopefully the way they're designed hopefully you're making less in retirement so when you do take it out you have less taxes than when you are in the accumulation stage or when you are a high earner does that make any sense and then b once these people get into this large group they agree with you now it looks like there is a consensus so not only is it just you who believes that you're going to get double tax but now you have a hundred now you have a thousand now you have a facebook group now you have everybody online and tiktok saying it and all of them are wrong this is what happens with cognitive biases because you will rather point to the thousand people who are wrong than to understand the real information which is provided by the irs right that information is freely available but we discount that information because we don't want to be wrong and that's what causes our mental discomfort so we will rather be irrational than to admit that we're wrong and number four this time is different we've heard that right gamblers usually say that oh i know i lost all my money but this time is different oh yeah i know i lost the game but this time is different right we justify performing the same act in hopes that it will turn out differently so we don't feel bad or look bad to our peers and the trouble with this is that a broke clock is right two times a day so even if you're wrong there's going to be some elements in that that's going to hold some truth and that's the problem with the lie is that it does have some elements of the truth some people say that for a lie to be believed you have to wrap it up in truth now this leads me to another form of bias it's the conservatism bias conservatism bias is discounting the impact of new information and potentially underreacting. but why would we discount the impact of new information because when you have new information, you have to think about it. You have to process it. Even this whole podcast, it is a lot to digest in this 10, 11 minutes. You are no longer using a shortcut and it has a cognitive cost. Now we can casually listen to music, which has a very low cognitive cost for four hours maybe. But 
we can barely listen to a lecture of 15 minutes on mathematics without feeling a little mentally drained. Or, for a better example, we can sit and watch TV for four hours, but we are halfway asleep before we finish the four-page introduction of a new book because the cognitive cost of watching TV or listening to the radio is low compared to the high cognitive cost of reading a book or listening to a lecture on mathematics. You know what else? You learned about high and low cognitive costs and you barely tried. Did you catch that? I just taught you about low and high cognitive cost. You know that watching TV and listening to the radio has a what kind of cognitive cost? Low. Listening to a lecture on mathematics and reading a book has a what kind of cognitive cost? A high cognitive cost. You're right. You're following along. So why was that easier than learn about heuristics and all these cognitive biases? Because studies have shown that information that is abstract and statistical is hard to process, cognitively costly, and weighted less when making decisions. Meaning, the easier it is to understand, the easier it is to act upon. Now you caught that, didn't you? That one line was a summary of the more complex, abstract versus statistical, cognitive costly, weighted less, all this type of things, right? It is easier to remember, the easier it is to understand, the easier it is to act upon. But complexity plays a major role in the decision-making process in the biases that we use to process the information. So to conserve our cognitive cost, we will discount the information presented causing a conservatism bias where we could be discounting information that we really need to make a good decision. Now, you can remember the phrase, the easier it is to understand, the easier it is to act upon. But if you really want to know what conservatism bias is really about, it's really about understanding the information that is abstract and statistical is harder to process has a higher cognitive cost and weighted less when making decisions is more valuable than the one line that I gave you, more descriptive, you're able to apply it better, and you have a better understanding of what it's really all about. But when we are giving concrete examples and scenarios, we allow those to hold more weight in our decisions. That is why when I told you it is easier to understand and easier to act upon, you valued that more than the descriptive definition that I gave prior to. Think about this. I want you to think about it this way. When you're shopping online and you're looking at, let's say, an electronic. So you're looking at it. You see the specs, um, the product description. You see the price and everything looks good. But you don't know if you should buy or not. You're still on the fence. As everything that you're looking for, but uh, you just don't know. Do you buy it? No. Where do you go? Yep. To the review section, right? You want to figure out how many stars does this thing have? I want to hear from the people. And what do you do? You start reading testimony after testimony after testimony of the product. You start reading concrete examples. 
you start looking for scenarios where people have used it and want their feedback and then it is based on those reviews you'll make the decision to buy the product or not even if that product is a little bit more expensive than what you were expecting even if the specs were not as great as you had imagined you have put less weight on if it's 1080p or a 4k camera you didn't put much weight on how much memory the computer or electronic has or how large the screen is you cared about information that you know is biased because a lot of us don't know those specs i don't really know the difference between 1080p and 4k except that it's clearer <laughs> right and that's me I, I am admitting i don't know much so you know that those testimonies that those reviews are subjective but you don't care those specs are objective the, the dimensions of that electronic are the dimensions of that product the memory capacity of that product is the memory capacity of that product let me ask you which is easier is it easier to understand what 4 by 8 by 10 means or if it is a USB-C and a dual capable with non-RAM memory files on the D drive or is it easier to read a review that says, I really love this product. It really changed my life. I'm glad I got it. Five stars. Or don't buy this thing. It's really cheap. It broke on me the second day. I wouldn't buy it. What information are you going to put the most weight? You're going to put it on the review, the testimonial, because they are concrete examples or a scenario that you can relate to. So once again, we are putting more weight on simple, easy to digest things like a three line comment than we do on the statistical data of the product that will give us more valuable information about the product itself. So it looks like I'm checking my clock. I am so sorry. We are running out of time. So I'm going to have to make a part two. I know, I know <laughs> you want to know where I was going with this and so do I. So tune in next time as we finish discussing conservatism bias and we'll even tackle confirmation bias as well. So thank you for joining us. I think this is going to be a very fruitful conversation for you to know because this is rooted in behavioral finance. So if we can understand how you make decisions, you can make better decisions, right? So if we depend on these heuristics, if we depend on these pre-subscribed stereotypical views about money and how to manage money, then we're constantly going to fall into the same cycles that we've been in. Big banks and the financial industry depends on you leaning on these heuristics and they take advantage of them. But me, I am trying to empower you to learn about some of these mental barriers that are stopping you from your wealth. I want to expand your mind. I don't want you to skip over this. Some people may be like, ah, why am I learning about conservatism bias and confirmation bias and heuristics? Why am I learning about that? It's because this is what's going to affect you psychologically. We tend to make decisions emotionally and justify them logically. So with that said, if we understand our emotions and how we approach a problem, we have a higher probability of making the decision that's in our best interest. I hope that you've been blessed. If you've enjoyed the episode, be sure to like, to comment, and to share. Also, if you're not subscribed to our podcast, which you should be, I want you to go to www.abrwealthmanagement.com backslash podcast and join our family or 
If you're listening on another podcast player, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, whether you're on Apple Music or Spotify or even on your desktop windows. Click that subscribe so you are notified every time that we put out one of these news episodes. And as a thank you, we will give you a free gift. If you need help building your financial plan, information to speak with us will be given right after the show. Well, that's it for me. I am A.B. Ridgeway, Mr. Christian Finance himself, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.